1: Shy of the weekend. It's Thursday afternoon, June 4th. Sports Talk, Mississippi on Super Talk, Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borke, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippy. Glad to have you along. Ceasefire text line is open. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Equip your organization for simple, successful business continuity with a Work From Anywhere toolkit from Ceasefire Business. Featuring powerful resources like UC1 and Office 365. Learn more today at cspire.com slash business. So much of yesterday's show was dominated by the, uh, the story about Drew Brees. He has apologized, uh, has talked to a bunch of his teammates, uh, apologized via Instagram this morning. We'll get into some of the reaction from that. And uh, we'll share maybe a differing viewpoint than uh, much of what we had yesterday. Uh, I got an email from a a listener that uh, came through this morning and it caused me to think a little bit. I didn't agree with everything that he said, but uh, certainly that there is a counterpoint to what we were talking about uh, yesterday afternoon. The Board of Governors of the NBA voted overwhelmingly to approve the commissioner's restart plan for the NBA on July 31st. We'll get into the nuts and bolts of that. Ole Miss has lost a player to the transfer portal Uh, Some news out of the state of Texas about capacity at sporting events and a whole lot more, including uh, conversations with our buddy Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. And the Athletics Director at the University of Southern Mississippi, uh, Jeremy McLean, coming up today in the 5 o'clock hour. All guests appearing on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Boys, what's up? Borky, how are you on a Thursday? Uh, To add to your news, I know you're
2: super excited about this one. Uh, The NHL and their Players Association have agreed to their playoff format. So now the clock is ticking on baseball, right? Because everybody else, as you said yesterday, I think you listed them all, which was kind of funny to think about because the amount of leagues worldwide that are like big-time sports league is a pretty substantial list, and there's one missing. And that's Major League Baseball.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, I'm frustrated. I was, I'm was sitting up last night and w- was watching television. I was flipping back and forth between Sports Center with SVP and a couple of different news stations, and watching some of the uh, the coverage that was out there on that. And just, I just couldn't help but be frustrated watching the the Jeff Passan interview that Scott Van Pelt did because I'm a baseball guy. It's my favorite sport, and it always has been. Um, And and baseball had this unbelievable opportunity to take six weeks out of the sports calendar and stake a claim as its own. Baseball could have played the entire month of July, and if they had really gotten their act together, might have even started a little bit sooner than that, but they would have had the entire month of July to themselves and could have put a great product on the field and showcased its stars and done some innovative things that would have been fascinating and people would have watched and i think you have people that had maybe given up on baseball that would have re-fallen in love with it now if baseball even plays we're looking at mid-july at best before they get started the owners say we will absolutely not carry a season into the month of november playoffs included and so they've just squandered this opportunity over dollars. And I'm not saying that dollars aren't important, but they couldn't get past the dollar part of it. You know, to to borrow Rippey's phrase that he used a couple of times yesterday, they couldn't see the forest for the trees. And there are a whole bunch more analogies you could use: tripping over their own feet, stepping up. Well, you get the idea. You get the idea.
0: Hey, Dad, what's shaking? Not much. Big sports news for, for me today, so I'm, I'm very excited. What's that? that uh, uh, Chelsea has agreed to a deal. It looks like they've agreed to a deal with Red Bull Leipzig to uh, activate Timo Werner's release clause, $50 million. Who? Timo Werner, one of the top strikers in the world, is headed to Stamford Bridge. That is exciting Never news. heard of him. Well, that's on you, not, not me. Well, I, I didn't say it wasn't. I'm sure, I, I would imagine more people have heard of him than you. Or me, or anybody else in the show. So, oh, I, globally, sure. In the state of Mississippi, I don't know. But that said, very exciting news. Big time player. We got the to, poll uh,
2: today. 000. Have you ever heard, heard, heard of
0: Timo Warner?
2: You're gonna have to spell that for me. What? What is he? Is he badminton? What does he play? Is it like? Is it like Timo with an
1: with an M? T I M O.
0: Timo. Timo. You're saying Tima. Timo. I'm not saying Timo. Timo. I'm saying Timo. Timo Werner. Timo Werner. T I M O. Should Should be able to find him. He's trending. Timo Werner.
2: W E R N E R. Do you know who Timo Werner is off
1: the top of your head? Yeah. Hey, Rippy. Had you ever heard of Timo Werner prior to 30 seconds ago?
3: No, I still don't know what you're talking about fully, but sounds like an up-and-coming offensive coordinator in the AAC or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I I will be fascinated to see these poll results, because, I mean, hey, Dad, you know I'm not an international soccer guy, but I follow it a little bit. A little, yeah. like, enough to kind of understand what's going on and know what the leagues are, but... Yeah, yes, I mean I don't question at all that globally more I, Borky, honest question. do more people in the state of Mississippi know who Timo Werner is or who some combination of the four of us are? Some combination of the four of us more
2: than Probably. Timo
0: Werner? Probably. The polls okay. at 100 percent for yes right this second after
3: one vote. Yeah What did you vote? I did.
1: See, you're already, I mean, you
3: are giving us a bunch of credit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I you may be onto something there as well. That's true, too. Rippy.
3: What's up? Not much, still don't know who Timo Werner is.
1: I keep thinking one day when I say, Hey, Rippy, what's up? You're gonna be like,
3: Let me tell you what's up. This is what's up, and then you'll okay, like have well, a story. I'm pretty, but mad instead, because I keep I getting. Would... I went to the gas station before the show today to get a Dr. Pepper because I needed some caffeine, and I thought yeah. I grabbed a normal one, and I grabbed the cream soda version. Is it good or no? No, it's it's not, so. I thought you were a Red Bull guy. I've tried to cut back on that. I've gone back to drinking coffee in the morning and no caffeine in the afternoon. Occasionally, I'll get, like, a soft drink if i really, like, feeling a little tired, but trying not to, uh... I saw a couple of troubling videos of Red Bulls, like basically like the acetic factor of it like melting plastic and stuff it seemed seemed pretty rough
1: so you think if it has the ability to melt
3: plastic it might also have the ability to melt part of your insides I mean I'm not a huge health guy like you know not big on veggies and stuff like that but I feel like I, this is a, this is a hill I could die on not big on veggies it
1: what's the point in your life where you switch gears and you're like okay vegetables aren't so bad.
3: Uh, that parallel universe they discovered where things go backward. I don't know.
1: So, so you don't think there's ever going to be a point where you voluntarily order vegetables?
3: No, unless I forget double rice at Toyo or something. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So, so if you were to go to Tallahatchie Gourmet for lunch
1: and you were to order off the uh, off the big board, where they you know they've got a couple of you know entrees. You know, fried chicken on Wednesdays, or you know, hamburger steak or whatever. And then there's a list of vegetables.
3: You wouldn't order one? No, I would call you a complete rookie because I would get the honey buffalo chicken sandwich. It's not even on the menu, but it's the best thing there.
1: It is on the menu. Uh,
3: and I would agree that it's I've very, been very very good. i there when it has not. It's like a mystery. It's like a moving target. i sometimes there is, sometimes it's not. Yeah. Well, it currently is.
1: Had it earlier this week. Anyway. Did you check today? Uh, uh, no, I did not check today. Went the uh, Taco Bell route at lunch today. Ooh. Oh. Shaming me about local. that. I know, seriously. You're, you're yeah, what talking down to Ripley about vegetables. You, you do know that tacos have tomatoes and cheese and lettuce yeah, on them. Also. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The,
0: the grade
1: do. D stands for delicious. Yeah. Two Crunchy Taco Supremes and a Nacho Supreme with no beans. Did you wash it down with an Acetic Red Bull? It sounds healthy. <laughs> no, I had Mountain Dew. <laughs> the regular
3: also, Mountain, Mountain Dew really like a blue one. I don't one. think
2: you can diet shame Rippy ever again.
3: I, 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 I can't be diet shamed. I don't care enough.
1: Yeah. But if I had gone instead to TG today for lunch, I would have had like hamburger steak and Brussels sprouts and green beans something along those lines. Can't do the same thing every single day. Variety is the spice of life. Or something like that. Sports ta- Sports Talk Mississippi. Why are you laughing at me, Borky? Is that straight out of the cliché closet? Yeah. And also, what were you about to call this show? Sports Timo. <laughs> Sports Time. I, yeah. Sports Timo Werner, Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. We will be right back. That's a one-note
3: song.
1: Yep. You know what it is. You know what this is, too. It's Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm on this Thursday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Whole crew today, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, I'm Richard Cross. So the story that dominated much of the sports world yesterday was the interview that... Uh, Drew Brees did with Yahoo Finance. You probably have seen the story, heard the clip, listened to the entire interview by now, or if you were with us yesterday, you, you got the background. But basically, Drew Brees said there was nothing that would cause him to disrespect the flag to kneel during the national anthem, and he was absolutely crucified for it. Had teammates that came out very, very strongly against him very strongly and in some instances profanely and today he apologized. Should, should we read the apology, Borky? Uh, if you want, it's it's lengthy. Yeah. Um, I'd like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday and speaking with some of you It breaks my heart to know the pain I've caused. In an attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem, I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we're facing right now as a country. They lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. Instead, those words have become divisive and hurtful and have misled people into believing that somehow I'm an enemy. This could not be further from the truth and is not an accurate reflection of my heart or my character. This is where I stand." I stand with the black community in the fight against systemic racial injustice and police brutality and support the creation of real policy change that will make a difference. I condemn the years of oppression that have taken place throughout our black communities and still exist today. I acknowledge that we as Americans, including myself, have not done enough to fight for that equality or to truly understand the struggles and plight of the black community. I recognize that I'm part of the solution and can be a leader for the black community in this movement. I will never know what it's like to be a black man to raise black children in America, but I will work every day to put myself in those shoes and fight for what is right. I have always been an ally, never an enemy. I'm sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, but I take full responsibility and accountability. I recognize that I should do less talking and more listening, and when the black community is talking about their pain, we all need to listen for that. I'm very sorry, and I ask for your forgiveness. Um, so, that's what Drew Brees said. He also has talked to individual teammates. DeMario Davis is one who has come out and has said, while we're still hurt by what Drew said, we, I appreciate the fact that he is now listening, that he recognizes some of the issues that we as black men are dealing with. Yeah, I called him a leader on CNN this morning. So. He did. Give me your reaction to this. I don't want to put any words in your mouth. I just want your 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 initial reaction when you first read this or if you happen to be hearing it for the very first time, what's your reaction? Text us your reaction as well. I'd love to hear some of that uh, on the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. I would especially like to hear your reaction if you are a black man or woman. And if you followed this story and you were hurt or mad or angry at Drew Brees yesterday does this change anything a text message that says it's all BS that's my opinion okay Richard and Wiggins wants to know how he can be a leader of the black community what's your reaction? Borky we'll start with you
2: Uh, the apology was expected um hit all the points that he should have hit in said apology and, um, a couple of things that happened afterward. So as we said yesterday, it, it's not that he said anything inappropriate, like just in a vacuum, but considering the current situation, the climate, if you will, going on around the country, including protests in the city of New Orleans that have gone on, gone on every day since that man was killed in the hands of police, um, there's a time and place sometimes, and it, he certainly didn't read the room very well. That was my take yesterday, and especially because of the teammates' reaction, you knew that the timing of it, if nothing else, was pretty poor. Um, okay. It appears the apology, what does the apology do for you? It, it, he didn't need to apologize to me, so, so nothing to me, but it certainly seems like uh, the thing that that I was focused on yesterday is repairing itself. So apparently he has spoken individually to a lot of his teammates. They have all said some degree of, hey, we're still hurt, but we talk to him. We believe in him. We're going to move forward with this. Alvin Kamara said something very uh, uh, profound on Twitter for what it's worth about his conversation with Drew. And It seems like his teammates, the people that probably know him the best and have Um, the most personal interaction with him as African-American men on his team seem to have accepted it and accepted what he said to them individually and are prepared to move forward and and press on and and try to put this behind them. And then the other thing you're seeing is goalposts moving, which is incredibly frustrating. I know his opinion doesn't matter, but Shannon Sharp on Undisputed Today said that this should cause him to retire. And, And... no matter what he would have said after, yes, maybe the what he said yesterday was a mistake in your eyes. But if you're saying that the apology is not good enough, there's nothing he can do. He should retire. Then you're just moving the goalpost, goalposts, and you're just as unwilling uh, to listen and adapt and, and come together and move forward as you claim that he is. And he's—it's okay. not like Shannon Sharp is alone either. Like people agree with him and and are moving the goalposts that. If Breeze didn't apologize today, he'd have been a jerk, and now that he did, the apology's not good enough. And so you're seeing that as well. It appears that the people that were directly harmed the most are, are prepared to accept it and move on and, and help him learn from it. So why should everybody else not do the same
1: thing? Hey Dad, what's your reaction?
0: Uh, I thought, you know, as apologies go, it was it was a good one. You know, they're they're so tough to come across as sincere and take it from me. I had to do one one time and I was try tried to be sincere and uh, it didn't come out. I didn't get taken that way by a lot of people, but regardless, um, that said, I, like sort of like what Borky said, all I'm really concerned about, and maybe I'm just a selfish, terrible person, but how did his teammates take it? Because as a Saints fan, I want that team to win. And his teammates who are the most important people in this equation seem to be for the most part on his side and they, they've accepted his apology and uh, we'll see if, if the rest of the world can do that as well and you know I mean he took a lot of heat yesterday but there there were some people giving him heat yesterday that, that had no business doing it and it was just a little frustrating see like somebody like Ed Reed like I like Ed Reed, great football player, but you play with Ray Lewis dude. I don't really need to hear what uh, what you think of other people. Just, that's just me, though.
3: Rippy, what's your reaction? Uh, yeah, whatever. I didn't agree with what Breeze said, really. I thought it was kind of tone-deaf uh, and like poor timing. But like, he doesn't owe me an apology because I disagree with it. But this is the same cycle you see with everything. Someone says something that one side of the spectrum doesn't yeah. agree with, the... Outrageous fiend! You apologize, and the other half is mad at you for not standing by your word and apologizing for it. And then the half that was mad in the first place doesn't think you're sincere and only thinks you apologized because people were offended. It doesn't actually do anything. It doesn't really matter. It's complete nonsense. And I don't. He doesn't owe anyone an apology. Um, you know, it was probably like if he wants to apologize to his teammates, whatever, if they disagree with it. Like uh, Michael Thomas's tweet today, which said. A brother of mine said something I disagreed with. He apologized and I forgive him. Can you imagine if you had to apologize every time you said something that someone disagreed that you disagreed with or you had to apologize uh, or vice versa whatever. Like where are we going with all of this? So, I don't know. I didn't agree with his comments, but he doesn't owe me or anyone else an apology. If he wants to apologize to his teammates, whatever, but this is just the same predictable cycle we continue to go through anytime someone says something remotely controversial.
1: Here's some of your reaction on the C Spire text line. Jeff says, thank outrage. Certainly there was outrage. Jerry in Brookhaven says the word perceived ruined it. That was in the uh, next to last paragraph. He said, I'm sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, but I take full responsibility and accountability. Walter in Houston says, Drew is a gentleman and a scholar. Here's a message that said, Drew Brees said nothing wrong in yesterday's comments. He did not need to apologize for anything. Another one says, never should have apologized. Tim and Tupelo says, I'm disgusted he apologized. Why do you need to apologize for your beliefs? Here's one that says, Drew Brees doesn't owe anyone an apology, nor does any player who decides to kneel in protest. He gave a sincere answer about he, how he feels about the national anthem and the flag. He didn't give the right answer, and he's being crucified for it, period. That's from Brian. Hev from the Res says, Drew Brees said nothing wrong and did not need to apologize for a thing. Here's one that says, Tony Dungy was spot on in his interview with Pat McAfee. Once somebody says something you don't agree with, you can't be done with that person. You have to respectfully disagree and listen to one another. Here's one. If you have an opinion to any degree on the conservative or Christian variety, you have to keep it to yourself or expect crucifixion or have an apology prepared. Another one that says, Breeze bowed to political correctness. He was speaking of patriotism. Why do we have to apologize for that? We will get more of your reactions, plus a uh, an interesting email that I got this morning from a listener to the show, Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. I woke
0: up got you
1: recognize this? I do. I do not. Uh, the Sopranos theme song. The ah, the never, never was a Sopranos guy. No, i know Oh, not- you'd like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I would. And it's just one of those that... It was on HBO, and I didn't have HBO at the time, and then really have never gone... I, I think that's a series that at some point I'll go back and watch in its entirety.
0: I think it still sort of holds up, even though it's really it's it's old now, because if you think about the Mafia, they would not have iPhones, right? They just wouldn't. So the fact that there's not like a whole lot of modern technology it doesn't take away from it. Yeah. They would now, though, wouldn't they? Why would they do that? Why would Do you think an organized criminal would have something that tracks him constantly at all time on his person? No.
1: You don't think current members of the mob have iPhones?
0: I don't think smart ones would, no. Yeah. I mean, can't you be tracked with a flip phone, though? That's why you get the uh you know, the track phones, the ones that are just, you know, throw them away when you're oh, done. so you think...
1: You think it's all track phone and then throw it away? Uh, they got,
0: yeah, that's what the show showed back in the day. I would imagine if they'd hmm. stuck to that.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. By the way, the Thursday poll question, do you know who Timo Werner is off the top of your head? 123 votes. 88% say no. Some of the responses are funny. Y'all are we out. Uh, have, have gotten a few in gift form. Uh, Jason and Flagstaff said, no clue at all. He said, hell, I knew more about Haydad and Rippy before they started at Sports Talk than I do
0: Time Warner. <laughs> oh, well. If you're uh, any mafia members listening to the show right now, you want to you know clue us in on what's going on with your phone habits, we would love to know.
1: I'll keep you anonymous.
0: Yeah, we, we, we're no snitches.
1: All right, so I want to continue to go through some of the... we got a ton of responses on the C Spire text line. You can text the show six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five, And the question was, what was your reaction to Drew Brees' apology? The overwhelming majority of texts that we've gotten so far were either uh, he had no need to apologize, or this is the, you know, liberalization of America, or he bowed down to political correctness, Um This one says Breeze bowed to political correctness. He was speaking of patriotism, and what do we have to apologize for with that? Sad day in this world when we get crucified for having a different opinion. Nobody was harmed by Breeze's comments except those who wanted to be. Thomas in Greenwood says that what Drew Breeze said was well said. Brian from Tennessee says, look at all the men that died for our flag. Chad says, you guys have been brainwashed. (laughs) Whatever. I just... hold on a second I want to press pause there for a second I'm going to read all of these responses and I'm going to read this email in a second but to me what Chad sent highlights the issue that we've got I have no problem with whatever your opinion is on this if you think what Drew Brees said yesterday was wrong you're welcome to that opinion If you think there was absolutely nothing wrong with what Drew Brees said yesterday, fine. You're welcome to that opinion. It's your opinion. And that's what so many of you have said about what Drew Brees said initially, was this was his opinion. He was asked a question about his opinion on a particular topic, and a ton of people in the current time that we're living in had a huge problem with what he said. But when your response is you guys have just been brainwashed what what does that add to the discussion what does that actually mean well I mean I mean yeah it's
3: saying that you know
1: what it means
3: no I actually don't it's you don't
2: think like me therefore you're stupid or whatever
1: that that's the whole that's the the, well, I mean, Chad is alluding to the fact that that the four of us, as we talked about this yesterday and today, have been brainwashed into uh, you know a
3: liberal point of view or, or whatever. That,
1: that's not what this is. We're just having a discussion was, about it.
3: I don't see how saying the timing of it was poor was well, politically it, one way or another. It,
2: it, and it's also it's the same people that uh, what's wrong with what Drew Brees said? He's a free American. He can do that if he wants. Also, if the players kneel during the anthem – They're bums. They should be fired, and I'm never consuming professional
1: football again. It's almost your opinion. That's okay. You can act on
3: that. Sure. And that that smell of smoke is my Nike shorts in the backyard. (laughs) Howlin' Starkville, as a black man, he should have said this yesterday
1: during his interview. It should have dawned on him that he plays in a 70% black city with a 70% black team. My grandfather fought in World War II and was promised help with the GI Bill, and he didn't get it. His grandfathers and mine lived in two separate Americas. That is from Hal. Thanks for the text, Hal.
2: When the the protests were going on, if if you're a a P1 of ours, you probably remember, I I didn't particularly like it because I am one of those people that when the national anthem is played, I stand up, hand over my heart, the other one behind my back, and I, I... I am a patriot. I love this country. I, I take pride in it. I have a, a couple of American flags hanging at my house, I, and I'm going to teach my son to do the same thing. But for those of you that did not like or are uncomfortable with or refused to watch the NFL because players kneeled for the national anthem because it was disrespecting the flag, did any of you ever try to find out why they were doing it? Because here's the important point for that question. The reason why they were doing it, whether or not you agree with them doing it, they are free Americans, and and we are allowed to do that here. I didn't like it, but they're free to do it. The reason they were doing that is to draw attention to police brutality in the black community. And Drew Brees said what he did after a series of protests... When a black man was killed by a police officer for no reason. Almost nine minutes. The officer had his knee on the man's the back of the man's neck. And whether or not he was committing a crime doesn't matter whether or not he has been a criminal in the past doesn't matter because in that moment that man um, could have received help that could have saved his life. And instead, an officer had his knee on the back of his neck for almost nine minutes. So. In in this moment in this tumultuous time in this in this country to speak negatively about those anthem protests to african american players on his team they took offense to that because that means in their eyes whether or not you agree with it does not matter it means in their eyes their quarterback their leader their guy chose not to listen to them when this was happening before because the genesis of them was about police brutality, and that's why they were so offended by it. That's why they were so hurt by it, because his statement yesterday or his answer yesterday was that of somebody who didn't, potentially did not know or didn't care to know why they were doing it. Not agreeing or disagreeing with it. Again, I I didn't like it, but at least I know why they were doing it.
1: I want to get to the rest of these responses. I, I want this to be as much about you as it is about us. But we have plenty of time to talk. There's not a time or place to not stand for the American flag, the American anthem. So now is where we're at. Um, I don't care what's going on in the world. That's it for me. No more football. I could care less if they come back after the virus or not. Let's just apologize to everybody for being American, period, and just drop it. How's that? Will that make everybody happy? Sure, let's just get rid of the flag, get rid of the anthem while we're at it as well, get rid of the Constitution, get rid of the Bill of Rights. Okay.
3: I'm going to bet that guy still watches football, just going to go out on a limb. Jim from Ripley says, so it's right for
1: some people to have uh, the right to protest the flag and the national anthem, and I agree, but... Not okay for others to have a different opinion and have the right to express their beliefs. That's a double standard, guys. Uh,
2: those players got ripped apart every single day they were kneeling for the anthem. Let's not pretend that that was widely accepted and you were crazy for thinking that
1: that was and not. And it affected the NFL's viewership.
2: They the lost money on suffered.
1: it. People walked away from the NFL as a result. Yes. and on Which these, is absolutely your
2: right. Yep. And on these airwaves, I, I said... Four years ago, it's going to be four years ago, I didn't like it.
1: Chris in Oxford says, what does he have to apologize for saying he doesn't want people kneeling for our flag? Thousands and thousands of Americans have died for defending that flag. Here's one that says the George Floyd situation is very bad. I agree 100%, but are African Americans really oppressed this day and age?
2: They are marching and protesting today because they feel as though
1: they are. Quinn says, I'm in the Rippy camp on Drew Brees. It's a sad situation. Here is the change the subject. What is the NBA MLB update? Real sports talk.
3: I took care of that one.
1: Will he stand or kneel for the national anthem? John and Madison. No, I think Drew Brees will stand for the national anthem. With his hand over his heart the way that he always has. You remember what the Saints did, and and this came out in, in all this story yesterday, was the Saints, as a team, kneeled together before the National Anthem and then stood at attention or with respectful posture during the National Anthem. That's how it happened last time. What it's going to look like now, I don't know. Lost a lot of respect for Breeze. I promised you we were going to read that email. We'll do that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at uh, supertalk.fm. For the move on to another topic, guys, uh, we will do that when we get to the 4 o'clock hour. I want to kind of wrap up the hour with this with a few more of your text messages and the email that I received uh, earlier today as well. Uh, this says, I'm a white male and a U.S. military veteran. Drew Brees, along with myself, have just as much right to stand for the flag as others have to kneel. If they'd like, my grandfather fought in Iwo Jima, and I will stand for the national anthem as long as my legs will allow me to do so. That's from Rob in Grenada. Seems pretty. This is my favorite text. This is my favorite, and not discounting or denigrating any of the other texts. Maybe thirty of them that we've received on this particular topic. This is my favorite one from Keith. I love the U.S. flag and the anthem. I hate racism. I apologize to no one for either. I think that's pretty strong. I'm going to read it one more time. I love the United States flag and the national anthem. I hate racism. I apologize to no one for either. Lucas says... You can protest... Uh, at first he said Bree's apology was more than enough, but some people won't accept it, and those people are wrong as well. You can protest against pro- police brutality. I'm all for it. How about choosing a different way instead of kneeling during the anthem? These are smart men. They can do it a different way. Throw your fist in the air during the anthem like the three black Olympians did.
0: Okay. All right. A, how did that go for those guys? They got crushed for doing that. And then B, again... This protest was conceived by a army green beret. I mean, yeah,
1: the, I mean that's the backstory. So Colin Kaepernick decided that he was going to sit for the national anthem, and he was sitting on a bench, and he had an army green beret that said, "No, no, you, yes, I want you to protest, but don't
0: do it this way. It's disrespectful. He, he, he wanted for to you find to a respectful the way, and he, then that's what this guy who serves our country came up with. But using Tommy Smith and John Carlos, my God, those guys were nearly run out of sports because of what they did. That's a terrible
1: analogy. All right, here's the, the email that I got from Jeffrey. And this was in regard to the conversation that we had yesterday surrounding Drew Brees. I was listening to your show on the way home today and was disgusted by the position all four of you took regarding Drew Brees' comments. He voiced the emotions and feelings of 99% of Americans. Your band of characters all voiced the opinion that he should not have said what he said because it would offend some of his teammates. Well you are wrong. The reason his teammates and African Americans have such twisted views of America is because for far too long people have not spoken the truth for fear of offending or angering them. At some point the truth or what is right must be advocated for no matter the offense. You should have taken the position that the truth is the truth, no matter what people's feelings are about the truth. The way Drew Brees has lived his life is an example for all. He deserved better from your group. Also, the show would be more interesting if you all did not agree. Listening to both sides of the argument would have been way more entertaining. The same applies to most topics. The original protest about police killing black people was then and is now false. It is a statistical fact that black people are not killed by police at a higher rate than other races. However, it is a fact that black people commit crimes at higher rates than other races. Look it up. One of the big things about the kneeling protest was sportscasters saying it was his free speech right. This is absolutely false. No one can say whatever they want when they're at work. Can you say whatever you want while you're doing your job? Of course not, and neither can anyone else. If he wants to go down to the park and say whatever he wants, that's free speech. However, free speech does not apply when you're on the clock. You're the only sports show that discusses local stuff. If you had any competition at all, I would not be a listener. Jeffrey, I appreciate the email. I disagree with a lot of what you say there. I don't disagree with 100% of what you say, but I disagree with a lot of what you say. And the idea that Drew Brees was voicing the emotions and feelings of 99% of Americans is just patently not true. I think you can look at the political divide, the racial divide, the socioeconomic divide in the United States, and know with a great deal of certainty that 99% of Americans do not agree with Drew Brees. You you are welcome to believe that. And then to your point about not having the right of free speech when you're at work, I, I, I get what you're saying there. But I kind of disagree. But, but hear me out on this. I think your right to free speech exists while you are at work. My right to free speech exists as I talk into this microphone on the radio to the entire state of Mississippi and beyond right now. What I do not have the right in is consequence for what I say. So I can say whatever I want to say without the fear of going to jail of being arrested but I can't say anything I want to say without possible repercussions from my employer so that freedom still exists to say what I want to say the freedom that doesn't exist is that from repercussions for what I say whether it's termination or suspension or fining or whatever else So, I can say what I want to say, but my employers can handle that the way they deem fit as well. I'm willing to give up my job to say something that I feel passionately about. That's my choice. Sports Talk, Mississippi. We'll be right back. Minutes from right now, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports will join us on the Farm Bureau phone line. We'll talk to him about what he thinks the sports landscape is going to look like in the fall. At some casinos that are reopening, and uh, he'll also give us some selections for UFC 250 on Saturday night. We'll talk with him uh, coming up at 20 minutes after four, about 15 minutes from right now, and also uh, about an hour and 15 minutes from right now, Jeremy McLean, Athletics Director at Southern Miss will join us on the Farm Bureau phone line. We will talk to Jeremy about uh, the process that Southern Miss is going through to reopen. We'll also ask him about uh, some of the conversation that has been out there about the possibility of uh, the, the Sun Belt and Conference USA kind of jo- joining forces. I uh, don't know how far he'll be able to go down that road, but uh, would love to hear uh, his reaction to uh, wh- what that might mean or what that could potentially look at, uh, look like as we uh, as we move down the road sports talk mississippi cspire text line is open it has been red hot so far today 601-879-4395 is the number experiencing fever cough sore throat or shortness of breath cspire and ummc are partnering to offer free covid-19 screening through the cspire health app for all mississippians experiencing symptoms learn more at cspirehealth.com So it is now done on the NBA front. The owners voted, uh, NBA's Board of Governors, voted 29-1 to to bring the NBA back starting July 31st in Orlando. Eight regular season games to close it out. We talked about some of the ins and outs of uh, this proposal and what it was going to look like. The Portland Trailblazers were the one franchise that voted against the proposal. Any idea why? I saw some suggest
2: today that, one, they wanted the 20-team group stage format more. And that's why they voted no on this one. Um, But still, that doesn't make any sense to me. Dame Lillard wanted to play meaningful games and have a shot to get to the playoffs. He now has that. And they're giving it to you. So, especially when you knew it wasn't going to pass, I saw another NBA reporter suggest that they may have been sending a message, uh, like to Damian Lillard to protect him because apparently he wanted the the group stage format. Because if you're looking at it, they have meaningful they have meaningful games. Like it's worth coming back and playing meaningful games, but fewer of them I guess than the group stage and that's what he wanted because he saw that as a more a bigger opportunity to play more meaningful games instead this I mean they've still got to catch Memphis and be better than New Orleans and Sacramento and San Antonio so their their odds of making the playoff is much smaller here than it would have been for the 20 game and so this person suggested that Portland voted this way to show their guy that, hey, we're on your side. We wanted that for you too
1: as like a vote of solidarity with their star. Man, they're three and a half back with eight to play. Go win games. You'll make the playoffs, go win games. Go be a stud. You want meaningful games? You got meaningful games. Sorry if you didn't get it exactly the way you wanted it, but more than anything and I don't, I'm not mad at him for this, and frankly I agree that Damian Lillard's point about, man, don't bring us back if if the games don't matter. But the games do matter. He said if the games didn't matter, he would be with his team, but he wasn't playing. Well, the games do matter. So, no, go prove you're one of the best players in the game. Go put your team on your back and be good enough in an eight-game window to get into into either the eight slot or the nine slot. You got to be within four games of the eighth spot to have a chance to advance to the playoffs. Then you got to beat the eight seed. If you're within four games of them, two times. That's all you got to do. Problem is, you got other teams that are trying to do the exact same thing. Grizzlies holding on for dear life to the eighth spot. Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, all three and a half back trying to get that spot. Spurs, four back. And then the Suns are six back. I don't, I mean, I guess mathematically the Suns could get there. But they would have to go 8-0 and have help. Like a lot of help.
3: Well, they just need the nine. Well, that, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, you're because right. if if it's within four games anyway, the 8 and the 9 is the only thing you got to do is win one versus two games. Right.
1: No, no, you're 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 correct about that. But I still think they're going to have to have help because they're the farthest back
0: from the 8 or the 9. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they 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 can't just even if they go undefeated, it doesn't mean that they're going to get in.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, they could go undefeated, but being two and a half games behind the Blazers, Pelicans, and Kings going into this, if any of those teams go six and two, they're outside looking in. Right. Uh, Let's see what else goes along with this story. So it's approved. Adam Silver said in a statement, "The board's approval of the restart format is a necessary step toward resuming." While the COVID-19 pandemic presents formidable challenges, we are hopeful of finishing the season in a safe and responsible manner based on strict protocols now being finalized with public health officials, medical experts, blah, 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 blah. We also recognize as we prepare to resume play, our society is reeling from recent tragedies of racial violence and injustice, and we will continue to work closely with our teams and players to use our collective resources and influence to address these issues in very real and concrete ways. combination of 13 western conference teams and nine eastern conference teams will play eight regular season seeding games and then you'll have a possible play-in tournament for the eighth seed and uh playoffs at walt disney world how many games are they going to be playing are they borky do we have enough details yet to know if it's going to be multiple venues multiple courts if they're just going to use the one big arena uh, those details have not exactly been ironed out yet, but
2: I did see someone say you can expect a, an NCAA tournament-type feel of NBA games sometimes, or you'll, you'll get multiple a day. Like 3,
1: 5.30, 8.30. So if you're a basketball fan or just a sports fan that's jonesing for something live and meaningful, you're going to get it in spades. you just got to still wait two months for it. Almost. Two months. July 31. Hey, Dad, one thing that's significant in this is draft workouts and the other stuff that's going on, and I say it's significant because it could potentially impact Mississippi State with Robert Woodard.
0: Yeah, they said the date it's August 3rd, or I forget what the, 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 the other caveat was, but yes, we seem to have some sort of clarity at least of Possibly getting a decision from Robert Woodard soon uh, regarding whether or not he's going to stay in the NBA draft or, or come back to Mississippi State. So, we we'll uh, we'll, at the very least, we're going to wait another two months, it appears. But, uh, something there, I guess. You hearing any whispers on that front? The, all I've heard is that, you know, you, you know, it's only going to take one team to say, hey, we're going to take you. But,. I think he's, he's he's not 50-50. I think there there's a sizable portion of him that wants to go, but I think there's a good, there's a good percentage that he comes back. I wouldn't feel comfortable betting on it either way. Hmm.
1: Sources tell ESPN's Bobby Marks that players will continue to see a 25% reduction in their paychecks on June 15th with the deduction set to end sometime in mid-September, when the full number of games lost is recouped. And then this is an interesting nugget. Players like LeBron James and Steph Curry would see their 2020-21 salary reduced starting November 15th, since both players have already been paid in full. So they've already been paid in full this year. It was like a guaranteed upfront pay or like signing bonus payment, almost.
0: That's odd, but I guess so, yeah.
1: But but then they're going to have to feel the reduction next season. Apparently. Yeah. When will this thing? When is this going to end? October twelfth is potential game seven. Yes, sir. Of the finals. And then we think next year is going to start on Christmas Day? That is the belief, yes. So you're going to have an NBA game and the NBA's opening day on Christmas Day. I'm sorry, an NFL game. Did I say that?
0: Yeah, you said NBA. Yeah,
1: Yeah. an NFL game and potentially NBA's opening day on Christmas Day. Ho, ho, ho. Lee Sterling. From Paramount Sports will join us next on the Farm Bureau phone line. Come on, Johnny, put him in a body bag! Sorry. One of these days, Borky's going to watch Karate Kid. Can you believe that in 2020, Michael Borky, who is a spitting image of young Johnny, has never seen the original Karate Kid? Sports Talk, Mississippi. Lee Sterling on the Farm Bureau phone line right now. It has been a while. You know Lee from Paramount Sports and uh, from visiting with us on Thursdays throughout the football season. Lee, it has been a while. Uh, strange times we're living in. How are you, my friend?
4: Doing okay. <laughs> there was a couple I could be honest with you. There was a few days I woke up, and it was Monday, and I thought it was Wednesday, or it was Sunday, and I thought it was Thursday, so... Hopefully um by that point and uh already started watching some 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 tapes of some games from last year. Would love to have had, you know, the opportunity to watch a lot of spring games where you see these these young players emerge and start seeing the new systems being put in, but uh not the case and uh somehow I've made it through it. I think I've I've worked out more in the last two and a half months than I have hmm. uh since I graduated college. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know what my excuse for not working out more is in the last two months, or at all, but uh, I don't guess I have one.
4: Lee, I know well, you're focused. I had focused. no choice. I have three daughters who we we, we brought a Peloton. Uh, Thank you, you know what, a couple months before this happened. So it was one of the smartest things I ever did, and uh, I, I agreed finally to my wife's wishes. And so they're on the, 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 tre, uh, the Peloton. And what's great about it, they have an app. You've seen the Pelotons, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have not well, pulled the trigger on one free. of those.
4: It's, it's free for a month, and you can anyone can sign up for a month. And I've been doing – never was into one of these guys that stretched a whole lot. I'd stretch for three to five minutes before I worked out when I finished. But I'm doing stretching classes, besides doing the cycling, walking, uh, core, and for the first time ever, I'm doing meditation, enjoying it. So – Got I'm opening up as my daughter says I'm expanding my horizons.
1: <laughs> I, I guess so. I, I know you're a football guy. Right. But have you expanded your horizons with like the uh, KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, no, just no. because uh, you know, uh, you're, you're jonesing for a little I'm action? Not gonna do, I'm not
4: going to do curling, but I have done. <laughs> so one of my employees is an ex-MMA fighter and fought uh, professionally and always was bugging me to do it. We actually started doing it. A little over a year ago, and had to monitor four or five of his cards and see how well he did, and I've always loved watching the MMA, um, the UFC, from the time it started, and so it's given me more time to study the cards and watch all the fights, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's been something that we're doing, and we're doing really well. We've we put out 11 cards, uh, given out at least uh, three to seven selections, and we've won nine of the 11 cards, so... Uh, something we're going to continue doing.
1: That's pretty cool. So uh, yep. a little bit of a, a new horizon there. We'll, we'll circle back to uh, maybe some UFC picks with 250 yep. coming up uh, this weekend before we wrap things up. But I'm kind of curious as as you look at things, it feels like so much is trending in a positive direction toward having a college football season that begins on Labor Day weekend um you know it may look a little bit different but it feels like we're going to play football. What's your take as you sit now in South Florida and are kind of watching things start to come back to life?
4: So, I mean a month ago, I mean we're looking, we're staring at maybe the best case scenario was we're going to maybe have a spring season, but uh I always I always maybe I'm one of these people who looks at Everything with the glass half full, but I always felt that it was going to turn around, and looks like it has. And uh, I not only think we're going to have a season, and I think we're—I wouldn't be shocked if we have fifty to as many as almost capacity crowds in these stadiums. So I agree. I, I think we're going to see at least fifty percent capacity uh, in the stadiums around the country. Things seem to be improving, and and if people can do the right thing and social distance. Uh, for a little while longer, I think uh, there's a greater chance that uh, we're not only going to have football, we're going to be able to go to some football games in person.
1: And Lee, we got the news, I guess it was yesterday, or maybe it came out first thing this morning, that all sports venues in the state of Texas, both professional and college, outdoor, indoor, whatever, can all operate at 50% capacity, which is, as we look at things from a local standpoint, Ole Miss and Baylor are scheduled to play at at NRG Stadium on September 5th or 6th. I don't think they've actually published that it's going to be on that Sunday night yet. But that's that's a positive for people around here that not only is football going to be played, but uh looks like they'll get to watch it.
4: Yeah, unless, you know, some, you know, something crazy happens and it sure. blows up and we've got another, you know, complete pandemic almost from the beginning all over again. Uh that's what it looks like. So you know i, I think that, that that we did a pretty good job as a country um the first couple weeks first month and it wasn't easy but um sometimes you got to go through some some dark times to see the light at the end of the tunnel and i i certainly see that light at the end of the tunnel and they're going to test and uh you know it's it's it, we need it i mean i'm <laughs> i i'd never watched so much tv in my life besides exercising so uh, uh, it, it's it i didn't know so many good shows were on netflix and and amazon but uh give me some sports any day of the week over over anything else
1: yeah i, I agree with you on that front we're visiting with lee sterling from paramount sports on the farm bureau phone line you can check out their website paramountsports.com always uh, great content there you, Lee, have always taken the approach that spring games matter and right. and spring football matters, and that's been a part of where where you study. We've talked about that a lot. You didn't get that this year, and right. I'm curious if that's going to change the way you look at teams and evaluate teams going into the 2020 season.
4: It, it, it certainly is not going to help me. Uh, I'm going to have to work a little bit harder. I probably have to watch. You know, I've always watched also junior college tapes. I'll, I'll probably whereas I might watch one or two games. I might watch three, four games on someone who might end up being a starter, a quarterback, running back, a receiver, or let's say a left tackle or a rush end. So, uh, you know, I'm going to have to find some other ways to get, to get the job done. But uh, I, there's a chance also, it had not been brought up, I haven't heard this anywhere, but I think there's a chance we might see some schools have like some scrimmages. Maybe before the season, because they don't want to have, you know, the injuries or, you know, I, it looks like they're going to be allowed six weeks as opposed to four weeks of camp. So, who knows, maybe two weeks before the first game, let's say, uh, you know, you're not going to have Ole Miss play Mississippi State, but uh, it may be uh, Southern Mississippi. No. Southern, Southern Mississippi, they're not playing any other, they're not playing Ole Miss or, or State this year, are they? No. So... Who knows? Maybe they have a scrimmage uh, to you know so they can you know make things more similar to what game you know game time decisions are. So uh, well, and that's I something that shocked. happens
1: in basketball in the lead up to the basketball season. You get these yeah. secret scrimmages yeah, I mean, that college you know, with, basketball with, teams can have. With the
4: coronavirus, you know it, it's a little bit different, but I would not be shocked if you know they're playing either other Division One schools or you know maybe some FCS opponents in uh, a scrimmage a couple weeks beforehand it's pretty, it'd be pretty tough to play in practice for six weeks uh, against your own team so it's Lee, not going to be normal at... but um, I think even if you know fans can't go to every game if you can go to every other game I think at this point I think we'd take it
1: do you Lee look at uh, win totals in the off season and, and take advantage of any of those
4: um you know yeah I do and then and then I think I, I think that that I haven't released anything yet, but I think what I'm going to look at uh, probably more than ever before is I'm going to look at returning quarterbacks. You know, with with the same system and same coaching staff. And if, if you've got that and you've got good coaching staffs, I think that's going to be the difference. I mean, there's there's some teams I'm hearing that are really uh, able to come up with some workouts or shipping. Uh, equipment to certain players, or uh, finding places for them to work out, and you know the coaching staffs that that uh, are on top of it and and keeping their players in shape and have you know strong systems and and return a lot of returning starters. I think they're going to have a big advantage. Um, obviously, <laughs> State and, and Ole Miss are going to they're going to have their work cut out for them.
1: Yeah, no, uh, no question about that. All right, UFC two fifty Saturday night. G- give me a winner. Who am I looking okay. for? Okay.
4: <laughs> uh, so here is I'm, I'm going to give you two. The first one I like is Alonzo Menafield. Okay. okay, Alonzo Manifield, uh second fight, fight from the beginning, and my biggest release, Ian Hennish, Ian Henish, um, middle of the card. So two two small favorites. I think they went easy.
1: Alonzo and Ian, remember those two Alonzo names. That's what you're looking for. And Ian, with, great right?
4: story. He came. He was in jail in the Canary Islands and uh, turned his life
1: around. Always like to uh, root for an underdog. Lee, yep. great visiting with you, man. Look forward to talking to you soon you when we've too. got real football. Take care. That's Lee Sterling from uh, Paramount Sports. Paramount Sports. Com. We will be right back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. All right, Riffy, you ready to uh, run off to the nearest open sports book and uh, jump on? Who was it? Ian was one of them, and was it Orlando? I
3: already forgot.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Pull up the UFC 250 card, and I'll give you the uh, winners that uh, Lee Sterling gave us uh, a- as well. Uh, here it is. The UFC 250 fight card. Uh, what do we got? This is not happening nearly... Nobody. Nobody really cares. Probably. I can't find it anyway. Hey, Dad, you going to jump on UFC 250
3: on... Uh, Saturday?
0: Uh seems unlikely.
3: Wow, you can watch it indoors. <laughs> on a tea, hey dad, On
1: a tea. Anyway. I know you started planning your menu for this weekend like three weeks ago, so what what are you eating this weekend? Pastelaya. Pastalaya. <laughs> Pastalaya.
3: Mm-hmm. All right.
0: What is pastalaya? It's the pasta form of jambalaya. Ooh! So instead of rice, it's noodles. Yes, that yes, that's what that would be. Yeah, that sounds really good. What it's kind of gonna be really good. i uh, I got some bow tie pasta for this one. It's funny you said
1: that because I was gonna say do you like throw a bunch of bow tie pasta in there, but I figured you would like make fun of me for some reason, so that makes me feel better.
0: I, mean, I can make fun of you for another reason if you like. I,
1: I'm sure you can. I certainly am <laughs> sure you can. So what else is going in? Like like traditional uh, jambalaya, the only thing that's different is noodles versus
0: rice? Yeah, basically. I mean, I got some pork, uh, some chicken, and some sausage. Beautiful. You got one of those big black cast iron pots to cook it in? It's not black, but I got a big pot for it, yeah.
1: Is this indoor cooking or outdoor cooking?
0: This is indoor cooking. Go ahead and get it out.
1: It'll be all no, right. No, 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 no. But that's not that's not a crazy question for cooking jambalaya. No, it's
0: Especially not. Especially if you've got I a big pot. I don't have one of those big cookers to cook outside, though.
3: Which one of y'all tried to grill Stouffer's?
0: <laughs> that was hey, Dad. That, was, that was Richard. No, 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 no. Hey,
1: Dad loves him some Stouffer's lasagna. Mmm. Borky, have you given any uh, thought on Thursday afternoon to what might go on the grill this weekend? I thought about doing a brisket, and I, I know they're t- people say brisket's easy.
2: You're lying, or you make bad briskets and you don't know it. A good brisket is really, really hard to make, especially when you don't have like a full-on like two thousand dollar like pit, you know, a real barbecue pit. But if you're doing like uh, on a drum or something, you can make a really good one. But it's a little bit more difficult. The last one I made was not good, and I've been afraid to do it ever since. I think I might tackle that beast again.
1: Indirect heat or direct? Oh,
2: indirect, you want to for go, sure.
1: You want to go indirect and smoke it for a really long time, right?
2: Yeah, I'm talking like wake up 4 a.m. and do it really right. Get some butcher paper. There's a, a new uh, place down the street that sells that kind of stuff. I can't get that in any grocery store. I may be looking in the wrong place. I cannot find butcher paper in like a standard grocery store.
0: You ever ask the butchers?
2: I mean, will they give it to you? I've never thought of it.
0: I mean, butcher, I've, I've got butchers. Yeah, I've gotten butchers twine from butchers. I've never asked for a, for a paper, though. I'm sure they have it, though.
2: I need to do that instead, because I think it's kind of expensive, right? I don't know if it is or not. But and I'm not doing foil. I, I have made... Why not? I've ruined I'm, too many barks with foil.
1: Have you got the, uh, the place setter to oh, yeah. do the indirect heat? Okay.
2: Oh, it works great. It's just, brisket's difficult, man. Don't let anybody tell you it's easy. They're lying. I've watched um, Aaron Franklin's, all of his YouTube videos. You may not be familiar with who that is. He owns, uh, like, the best barbecue restaurant in the world, uh, Franklin Barbecue in Austin, Texas. He's a world-renowned barbecue guy, and I've watched all of his YouTube videos, and if he says people line up at his restaurant starting at 4 a.m. every single day just to eat his barbecue... Uh, if he says
1: brisket is hard, that means it's hard. Have you guys given any thought to going the route of the pellet grill?
0: I talked A to somebody of mine who just, had... just bought one and he he likes it. But I haven't I haven't thought about getting one myself.
1: Uh, didn't Malcolm tell us last time we talked that uh, he felt like he was kind of cheating? I mean I mean that that's the whole de- the, the pellet grill thing with the technology piece tied to it where you can control it from the app and you know, you're driving home from work and you can press a button and it starts the grill and kind of gets it going and gets it heat. The the whole point of the pellet grill, it it's like dummy proof, right?
0: More or less.
2: Yeah, it's all Wi Fi and digital. Like you ne all you have to do is set the temperature and it'll like open the valves and close the valves based on that. It'll feed the the flame with your pellets. Like you never have to touch it. It does feel like cheating.
1: Yeah. Well, and you use a couple of temperature probes to keep the exact temperature of the grill and the meat that you're cooking and whatnot. I don't know. Can't decide if I'm interested by that or if it's like, eh, it's kind of boring. Although I guess the bottom line is, does it make a good steak? Does it cook a good brisket? Can you do ribs on it? You know, that's probably really the only part that matters. Oh,
2: you can do it all. I mean, in the, the smoke rings I've seen on. Even lasagna? Yeah, you could do lasagna. I'm going to smoke lasagna just because of this show, I think.
1: I go right sure. ahead. Stofers or otherwise? Oh, not Stofers. I'm going to make it.
0: If you need a recipe for sauce, I've got you.
1: Story from the Dallas News earlier today, a week after a revised decision allowed te- stadiums in Texas. Open-air stadiums, it should read in Texas, to open to fans at 25% capacity. Governor Greg Abbott said yesterday the attendance capacity has been raised to 50% in an effort to further open the state economy amid the coronavirus pandemic. Abbott's order for Phase 3 of the state's reopening covers professional, collegiate, and other similar sporting events effective immediately. Abbott told KDFW-TV in Dallas on Wednesday stadiums, whether it be where the Mavericks play or the Texas Rangers or the Dallas Cowboys play, will be able to seat at 50% capacity. By the way, you've got IndyCar happening this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth. but The track uh, will not have fans, even with the new rules in place. Eddie Gossage is the track president. He said nobody wants to have the stands filled with fans more than me, but we're just not in a position to do that yet. I think it was a timing thing. And then you got Sports next weekend in uh, Fort Worth as well with uh, the Charles Schwab uh, Charles Schwab event at Colonial in Fort Worth. They will start June 11th again without fans. So Trending
2: that's why I brought it to you. I think because here's a, a question: If fifty percent capacity is the cap, come September sixth, do they play the game in Houston? Yes. Yeah. Good. Okay. So that right there, we already because what
1: wasn't there? I mean, how much bigger? If if there was no capacity limit at all, how much bigger would the crowd have
3: actually been? Place seats seventy two thousand two hundred. You How would, many people went to the game in eighteen? I would guess twenty five thousand.
0: In thirteen, I mean, it was boy, that. There was probably there maybe forty thousand tops.
2: Maybe coronavirus which is the Mississippi State Oklahoma State.
0: Oh, there weren't forty thousand people in there for that. And that's the tops. I mean, I couldn't see you know from where I was sitting. The Oklahoma State side was pretty full. Don't know what state,
2: bro. Call me crazy here, but maybe coronavirus has screwed it all up. But, I mean, maybe not full capacity, but I I figured this was going to be a very well-attended game. I mean, Waco's not that far. And comparing it to Texas Tech, I mean, the panhandle of Texas and Houston are pretty far apart. You know, that's not just an easy trip for for Tech fans. It was 40,333
3: in 2018.
2: My guess would be... 60 if there wasn't coronavirus
3: um and this picture looks two like, hour, way more full uh, that's a two Jackson's hours game. and
1: no 50 mind. two hours 51 minutes from Waco to Houston so that's day trip if you want to
2: sure and not every Baylor fans in Waco obviously i'm sure they've got plenty in Houston but I mean, two new coaches, good hires for both programs, easy trip, cool city, even though it's going to be hot as all get-out when that game starts. Luckily, it's indoors. I figured the crowd was going to be huge.
1: Uh, McLean Stadium, the home venue for Texas – I'm sorry, for uh, Baylor. Capacity is... Ooh, what is it? Record attendance is 50,223. So it sees like 48,000. Um, expandable to 55,000. Capacity's 45,000 and change in Waco. So, I mean... 50,000 total if it's just open and y'all come. 30,000 Baylor fans 20,000 Ole Miss fans maybe 35-15 I don't know Sports Talk Mississippi be right back Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us. We've got the college football fix coming your way in just a little bit. We'll do that to start at the 5 o'clock hour. And then Jeremy McLean will join us as well, the athletics director at Southern Miss. That's coming up at 5.20 this afternoon. He will join us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Yesterday you got the news that, uh, what, three Three people associated with Ole Miss, a couple of uh, players and an administrator had gotten a positive result on a COVID-19 test. Bama Insider earlier today reports Alabama football has at least five players test positive for COVID-19. Um, there was a, a quote last week that came from Ryan Bradley, spokesman for the school, said the health and safety of our student-athletes is a top priority. Resources and protocols are in place to ensure they receive the best medical care when returning to campus. Due to privacy laws, we cannot share information specific to the health of our student-athletes. There was a report from CBS 42 last night that uh, all the players were asymptomatic. None had shown prior symptoms. CBS 42 also reported that the list of players included a lineman couple of skilled players, and one quarterback. So, I think when we talked about this yesterday, it just holds true. Don't be surprised. Don't freak out. Don't wig out. Don't say, oh the world's ending, it's bad news! When you find out, whatever team you cheer for has players test positive for COVID-19. The surprise is not somebody tested positive. The surprise is when nobody tests positive. Maybe the most shocking news in the last three months was 1,300 players in the Premier League in the UK were tested and nobody tested positive. But, hey, Dad, help me out here. Didn't they put them in some sort of a bubble quarantine environment for a couple of weeks leading up to the testing and kind of getting everybody
0: going again? I believe you're correct. There were some additional measures taken beyond just social distancing and, and you know, safe-at-home kind of requirements.
1: There was a report that uh, at least one of the players was involved in player-led workouts at Alabama. Uh, voluntary workouts don't begin until next Monday, but there were some player-led workouts which don't qualify as voluntary workouts, um, and at least one of the players that uh, reported positive for COVID nineteen uh, was involved with those. So, take it for what it's worth. Not so you've heard at about? All.
2: I mean, we have somebody in and they're right that if we didn't call the players back, we wouldn't know any of them have it because. I have not seen a single report that says a player returned to campus, tested positive for COVID nineteen, and they have symptoms. So, if anything, I mean we're learning, right? I don't. And apparently, uh, your friends over at Jocks had a rough time today calming people down. But
1: um, this is. But, but but why? I don't know. It's, why is that reaction there? And. Because you haven't t- been listening to sports talk, Mississippi, and hearing us telling you for a month now that when players come back, you will have positive test results. Don't freak out when it happens; it's going to happen.
2: And I've seen some do the whole "oh, I can't believe we're doing this for the sake of money" or whatever. Oh.
3: <laughs> But I don't think that's anywhere close to majority or anyone actually no. rational. I think most rational people probably understand that this is not that big of a deal and it's actually a small percentage of tests. Yeah. I mean almost had three out of three hundred? Uh well 1%. three and I don't think they had already gotten the I don't think they had gotten the full three hundred back yet was my understanding. Okay.
1: 770 numbers said, according to Google, the 2013 game between Oklahoma State and Mississippi State uh, had an attendance of
0: 35,874.
1: And there you go. Kevin in Winona says, So, Richard just reported you don't have to have skill to play quarterback or line at Bama. I hear what I want to hear.
0: <laughs> How much skill do you need to throw to those receivers, man? Those guys get open.
2: I mean, they have won championships with some questionable quarterbacks.
1: I'm not saying I could have had anywhere near the completion percentage of the dudes that were throwing it for Bama last year, but I could have gotten a couple of them out there. As open as they were running at times, catch the ball, let it fly, and let Jerry Judy run underneath it. They can do that. Not at like a 75% completion percentage. I got a couple to them. Put a little laughing air at under it. You do you. 50-50? Oh, no, me, yeah. I mean, now, don't expect me to throw a BB slant route to a guy, you know, between to split defenders and it get there. Not, not taking that kind of deal. Hey, Dad might even complete. Nah, hold on. We've seen Hey Dad throw the football. Probably not true. Even with Jerry Judy. You know College Football Fix is next. Is it a meme or a GIF? Like a little short video? That's a GIF. It's a GIF. Well, but the GIF's when it just re- plays over and over and over without you having to press play, right? Well, a,
0: a meme is so, an image that doesn't move. Yeah, it's a static image. So okay. th- what you're looking at, Richard, I, I guess, is just called a video. Okay. Glad we could clear that up. Although it I've seen there, the, the Is there audio funeral to it? referred to as a meme
2: though, so you've seen Is what? there
1: audio to what you're watching, Richard? I don't think so. Okay. You, you may have seen this Jamie from Oxford sent it to us earlier. I saw it this morning, and it's a uh, big fellow on the golf course, he just got a little chip shot, leaves a blade wide open, and just blades it out to the right. And he gets angry and snaps the club over his leg, and of course, the immediate reaction was, "Of course, it's all the club's fault." But um, somebody sent us a uh, uh, sent us the video Jamie and Ox in Oxford did, and said, uh, "Clean shaven, hey dad playing around." <laughs> yeah, go fired hey dad. Have you seen it yet? I, I haven't seen it. So. so scroll down. It was at four seventeen on the ceasefire text line. You can uh, check that out. Uh, Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday, weekend just around the corner. Indy racing at Texas Motor Speedway this weekend, UFC 250, and what, Bundesliga Soccer and KBO? Is that right? Am I missing any sports for this coming weekend? No, but we do have golf in one week from today. PGA Tour comes back. Well, that's the point I was making. I was just making sure we weren't missing anything this weekend because next weekend we get to golf. Well, and NASCAR this weekend also. NASCAR's in Atlanta. Golf's coming next weekend. C Spire text line is open 601-879-4395. Thank you. Uh, I, I do not remember a day uh, recently where we have as, had as many interactions on the uh, Ceasefire text line as we have today. We appreciate that. It's always fun to interact with you and uh, a great way for you to be a part of the show. 601-879-4395. C Spire, they're not just saying they care. They're taking action to show it through COVID-19 and every day. Now more than ever, Mississippi – needs to stay connected at cspire they're working to make that happen from offering free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home and even partnering with ummc they've turned the cspire health app into that virtual triage center for anyone experiencing symptoms related to covid19 learn more online at cspire.com slash cspire cares time right now for the college football fix College football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best selling trucks are built for tough, but don't stop there. Check out the full line of Ford automobiles. Great savings. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. So, transfer portal action. Transfer portal action. This time it's in Oxford. Senior edge rusher Charles Wiley. Chuck to those close to him. (laughs) Put his name in the NCAA transfer portal this week. According to a university spokesperson. uh, Confirmed that to the Clarion Ledger earlier today. Five and a half sacks, 12 TFL, six quarterback hurries in three years. He is from Stockbridge, Georgia. Part of the 2016 Ole Miss signing class that included some uh, pretty big names like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Greg Little, and Shay Patterson. Wiley was one of those big names. He was a four star recruit, ranked as the number 17 weak side defensive end prospect in the country. He's played uh, both defensive end and outside linebacker in his four years at Ole Miss. Redshirted the 2016 season. Six tackles in nine games and 17. Career high six tackles for loss in 2018, and then a career-high three sacks last year for Ole Miss. Rippy, what is the impact of Charles Wiley leaving the program, and do we have any idea why?
3: I don't really have much as to a reason right now, but I guess working on that, I mean, it's pretty impactful. I mean, he played behind Kadir Shepard at the, quote, outside linebacker position, but they were kind of pseudo ends, and they don't have a lot of depth there. I mean, they lost a lot on the defensive line in general, so this is definitely significant. Yeah. Would
1: he have been a starter this year? Probably so, right?
3: I mean, tough to say because it seemed pretty wide open, but he definitely would have been in the mix for a starting job. I probably would have bet on it somewhere on the end. Play, I mean, Played had,
1: more
3: last lost, year. Yeah, I mean, you lost Cody Robinson, Kadir Shepard, Sam Williams is back. Yeah, I mean, he. It, it, I would be surprised if he were not.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. And whether he was going to be a starter or not, he was going to play a lot. And was going to play a lot on a unit that, as Rippy said just a second ago, not a lot of depth. And, and never mind depth, not a lot of productive bodies returning. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've not heard reason, rationale, Hey, hey, Dad! I'm I'm restraining myself right now. There's a joke that could go here, and I'm just not doing it. I knew a reason. Why possibly Borky could he be? He's been tampered with. Hey, Dad! Hey, Dad! You didn't even take the bait.
0: Is <laughs> something I happened to about. Hey Dad's
1: connection? Is he still with us? No, he's here. I, I don't.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh boy.
0: Was he seen in Starkville working out this past weekend? I don't think so. I don't know.
1: I mean, wonder wonder where he will end up.
2: I know one thing for sure. Wherever he ends up definitely did not speak to him before he entered the
1: portal. <laughs> <sighs> so there you go. Anything else on the college football front? Uh, Mike Norvell. It seems, oh, yeah, we yes. haven't
2: touched that yet. So it seems like he's skirting it, but um, maybe choose not to lie about easily verifiable information. That's just
1: that's just me. So apparently. They quick-like had a team meeting and allowed people to speak freely and Mike Norvell spun this thing about as well as he could possibly spin it. But... Florida State's new head coach had a potential All-American call him out very publicly via Instagram. By the way, we'll get to the story in a second. In fact, we may even keep it to the bottom of the hour. Got uh, Jeremy McLean coming up from uh, Southern Miss in just a couple of minutes on the Farm Bureau phone line and don't really have time to do this story justice. But the idea that a sitting player would go onto a social media channel and call his head coach a liar to all the word, all the world, and say we are boycotting any further workouts. I'll take things that don't happen in Tuscaloosa for five hundred, Alex. Or would it? Tuscaloosa or otherwise.
0: Are we just in a new place? I think that that's part of it. I mean, at the same time, you know, Sabin has been around long enough and is savvy enough that, you know, he wouldn't make the same I mean, oh, Norvell yeah, just made an yeah, yeah. amateur mistake.
1: No, I get that. I get that. I did see And, and again, we'll get, I mean, basically Norvell tweeted out that he had talked to all his players about all the stuff going on and, you know, they were in a good place as a team and Marvin Wilson was like, "You didn't talk to us?" You didn't talk to me. You sent a mass text message.
0: Oh, Fabian love it, man. He can't get right. Everywhere he goes, there's problems.
1: I did see a funny tweet
2: that that said last night that it's kind of funny that Lane Kiffin so far is the least problematic new coaching hire in college football.
1: What to be honest, Sam Pittman had not done anything wrong, has he? Oh well, you yeah, know,
0: whatever. He's he's saving it for the season. He's gonna he's gonna hit y'all with a uh, massive scandal week six. Well, I mean, Eli
2: Drinkwitz comes in and ta- and just talks about how the rest of the SEC cheats in recruiting and he doesn't, and and you do have the leach tweet, and then you have Mike Norvell doing this at Florida State. Everybody's kind of stepping into it somehow and nobody
0: cares about Sam Pittman. I don't so.
2: right whatever I mean, he's, he's just up there and somehow Kiffin's the clean
1: one He's hanging out by the pool with his boy doing cannonballs in the background video still 90 something days till the season. Jeremy McLean will join us next. He's the athletics director at Southern Miss on the Farm Bureau phone line. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll get into this story involving Mike Norvell and Marvin Wilson and Florida State football. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. How uh happy to welcome back on the Farm Bureau phone line Jeremy McLean. He's the athletics director at Southern Miss and is on your radio right now. Jeremy, it feels like we're making making progress. We're not there yet, but things are trending in the right direction. Um uh, w- would you concur with that statement?
5: I would. Yeah, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me on, but I I, I well, thank you for your time. You bet. I would I would agree. You know, I think um there's been some really positive things that have happened over the past few weeks that make me feel, you know, of course, I got asked the question every day, if not, um, if not every day, every week about what I thought and where we were and what was going to happen, you know, a month ago, I, I, I was a whole lot less optimistic than I am today about getting to a point where we can see some type of normal, uh, you know, in college athletics moving into the fall. There are no givens, of course. There's a long time between now and uh, early September, Um, but I do feel a whole lot better about it today, and I think we continue to see uh, positive signs.
1: Absent, I I feel like you have to put a caveat on almost every question you ask and almost every statement you make, But, but if we say absent any significant spike in numbers, any sort of a major outbreak... Are you of the belief that when the season begins, the first weekend in September, we are going to have fans in seats in
0: stadiums?
5: Yes, I believe that. Um, You know, I think the question really, and and again, uh, depending on you know, assuming there's nothing nothing drastic happens and we continue to turn (laughs) in the right direction, I think I think that we will see fans in the stands, and I think we'll see. You know, some some level of normal. The question is just going to be, you know, based on guidelines, what are we going to be able to do? Is it going to be a limited number of fans? Are we going to have to, uh, you know, is it going to be a capacity number that makes sense? You know, I saw yesterday where uh, the governor of Texas, uh, you know, moved them to a point where they could have fifty percent capacity in stadiums. Right. So, you know, I think it's just going to it's a matter of how far along can we get between now and September. Um, you know, it's, and that's why doing things today are, you know, that's very important for people to continue to do the things that we've been doing to try to protect everyone. Um, and so, but I think we will, I think we will get to the point where we see fans in the stadium. It's just a matter of how many.
1: So have you or the financial people, uh, in your athletics department done any modeling in terms of percentage of capacity and what that could mean for revenue numbers?
5: i'm I'm modeling in my sleep, I tell you it is uh you know contingency plan on top of contingency plan. We absolutely have modeled out everything from worst case scenario to you know if we if we are back to normal, what does that look like, and really everything in between and you know i I think best case scenario if we're back to normal or close to normal, we're still all gonna see. A significant hit in revenue to our budgets. I mean, for us, we would project that out now to be somewhere between seven to ten percent, and mm-hmm. and you know that's a that's a sizable chunk. When you when you're in a department that is you know that runs a pretty lean shop, um, you start talking about seven to ten percent across the board. That's a that's a significant hit, and so and that's a best case scenario. So if we begin to move down that list to scenarios that are more difficult then we really begin to have to make some difficult decisions about how we try to balance our budget.
1: What what does that even look like? I mean I, I had a a conversation with Keith Carter at, at Ole Miss last week and you know he was kinda talking about projections of you know fifty percent capacity cost us ten million dollars, twenty-five percent capacity cost us nineteen million dollars and he said th- that he said to his CFO, what, what do you want me to do with this? Right. So, so how do you? I mean, You said you're modeling it and playing out worst case scenarios. What do those look like? I mean, the answers are hard, well, aren't they?
5: They are, and there's not any. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not afraid to say I don't have. I don't have all the answers right now because yeah. if we get into a scenario, we're talking about twenty and thirty percent. Then we, you know, it's 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 staff members and it's and it's uh, limiting maybe scholarships in some places. It's. You know, it's playing fewer games than we, we have to. Um than we're you know, the maximum. So so it, yeah. it gets really difficult once you start talking about twenty and thirty percent of your budget and you know, I'm I, I'm with Keith on that. It's 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 right now it's hard to wrap your brain around what that really looks like from a standpoint of how you function the way people expect your athletic department to function. And and that may not be possible if we get to that point.
1: All right, so let me about ask you about this. There, there's been some conversation. It's happened in the past, and, and I feel like it has, has resurfaced, about some sort of uh, alliance or merging of Conference USA and the Sun Belt. And, and I think the reason it's a, an interesting conversation is just because of the, the geographic piece that seems like it would make so much sense. Do you think there's momentum toward that conversation becoming less hypothetical and more real? Uh, Is it something that in your mind would make sense for the two leagues to try and figure out a way to to help everybody save money?
5: You know, let me ask the first part of that question first. I I don't think there's momentum right now for that to, you know, there's been no discussion or real conversation about that. And I understand why it continues to come up. Because, you, again, you start looking at cost of travel, and, and, and especially for programs like us who are centrally located kind of within the footprint of both of those leagues and so I, right. I understand why it continues to come up uh, i don't I don't think there's a strong push for that right now uh, I don't there's no momentum there's been no conversation you know I, I'll say that all of this I think will whether it's a year from now or a couple of years from now I think we'll see some dominoes happen around the country and whether that begins to affect you know our our um, our footprint or not will you know we'll see. But, you know, I think right now we're right now we're in a good place, um outside of the fact with obviously the financial difficulties we're dealing with. But, you know, as as every you know, every department's different. Every institution's different. People are dealing with different things. And so there's no way to determine what other institutions in these leagues or in other leagues what decisions they're gonna have to make and what type of domino effect that will cause. And so I would never say anything's out of the question, but I, but I'll I'll tell you, there's no momentum for that right now.
1: As a, an athletics director at a place like Southern Miss, which is, I mean, if nothing else, financially different than the autonomy five conferences, yeah. That there have been people that have kicked around the idea in the past that college football really ought to maybe split into two divisions, so that there is a legitimate chance for a national champion to come from a school like Southern Miss. Do you have any thoughts on that?
5: You know, I do. I, I'm not in favor of that, and, 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 and I get why that comes up. The, the, the revenue and the, the budget numbers have, you know, the gap has continued to grow. And, and so I understand the uphill battle. Um, but I think what really needs to happen is we need to give the group of five schools an opportunity to compete on the field. And so I would absolutely be in favor of an 18 playoff in football that would allow the group of five winner, the champion, to be part of the playoff. And, you know, we can, we can figure out the rest of that and how, how you award the rest of them, but reserving one of those spots for a group of five champion. And I think we've seen over the past few years, you can pick out a team. Uh, these teams go, once they get into bowl games, go and compete at a high level. And so I don't think you would be diluting the playoff to do that, which would be some people's argument what I think you would be doing is giving an opportunity to the group of five that 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 we deserve, to be honest with you. And, and so for me, I, I would not be in favor of any type of separation. or um, And I know you're specifically talking about football, but there could be ramifications in other sports. Uh, yeah. But I would be in favor of trying to figure out a way to give access to the group of five where there can be some competition on the field and and you know like like we do in other sports, let's let's decide it on the field. And and I think that would be um, the best case scenario for the sport.
1: Last thing, only a minute and a half or so left, but but I kind of want to stick with that idea. Do you think it will be in order to have the playoff expansion to get to eight teams? Is there enough power among group of five commissioners, athletics directors, to say you you've got to have our votes? to be able to do this, unless there's some sort of a breakaway, and that's a non-negotiable. We get a spot. Is there enough power among the leaders of the group of five conferences to pull that off?
5: You know, to be determined. I'll tell you, that's a difficult okay. task. We're going to have to, and and in my scenario, it would be an 18 playoff uh, where one of those slots, you know, like I said, you can get
1: guaranteed. Absolutely. Yeah,
5: well, guaranteed. You give the other five leagues... Um, you know, their champion and then two at largest. So I think that for that to happen, to answer your question, we have to have the support of a, of a, uh, of, of some, at some level in, in, in the Autonomous Five group. We have to have some support or we won't, I don't think we'll be able to get it done. And I do think there's some level of support there and we'll see how far we can get down that road. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I don't think we can do it by ourselves. Uh, take it, it will take, um, it'll take some support from some people in, in, in the conferences, uh, the Autonomous Five conferences. And so we'll see how that plays out. Um, but I do think there's some level of traction with expanding that playoff, and, and, and I think that's a possibility.
1: Jeremy, really appreciate your time and your insight. Look forward to talking to you again soon.
5: I appreciate you guys, man. Stay safe.
1: message on uh, my personal twitter feed a little while ago it said you guys are killing yourselves leave the political talk for somebody else we need a break from it and i get that and i i hope you are i, I hope you understand when i say i promise if major league baseball was happening right now you would be sick of us talking about major league baseball Man, we'd be breaking down games and box scores and pitching performances and rotations and, and whatnot. And I promise we want to get to sports. But we're in a place right now where the biggest sports story is a non-sports story. And... We're not insulated from what's happening in the rest of the United States and the rest of the world, whether it's COVID or protesting or riots or looting or what somebody says that's dumb or isn't dumb and all the feelings that go along with it. I, I just don't know what else to do otherwise.
3: Because, I, mean, I Think for yourself. I, I still have some socialism takes to fire off. Hmm.
1: Ignoring I mean, there's, a, there's a youth baseball tournament happening uh, in Oxford this weekend. I think there are like 120 teams that are going to be in here. I mean, I guess we could go kind of take notes on those games and and, and, and discuss you know whether arms are being overused when we get back on Monday. I' I mean I'm obviously being flippant when I say that. I, I, I don't disagree necessarily. We generally don't dive deep into the politics thing. Like, last week, despite the fact that you had the protests going on, we never touched on George Floyd, even though everywhere around us in the sports world was kind of talking about it. And it wasn't because we were ignoring the story. It's because we try to provide what you're asking for, a a break from some of the serious, a break from the political talk and making this about sports. But there comes a time where stories are just so freaking big, you can't ignore them. And I kind of feel like that's where we are.
2: It would have been a mistake not to. Uh, especially, I mean, when you consider the root of this Drew Brees story, it was a team that uh, a lot of people in the state by the thousands are fans of this team, especially our, our friends down on the coast. I mean, that's just, that, that's Saints area. I, I spent a, a couple days on the coast a few years ago, and I, I it's Saints town. So you have that element. It's a team that's close by that has infighting going on very publicly. I mean, that's a sports story. We'd have been crazy to ignore that. It was a Hall of Fame quarterback, the best receiver, at least the highest paid receiver in the NFL, on the same team, and one of them is publicly ripping apart the other one? We can't ignore that. We have to. Proximity and otherwise.
3: If we did the youth baseball tournament, what would be your most interesting angle? The
2: insanity of the parents.
3: Well, okay, you were kind of on the trail I was going down. If we had to go do a show there, I would get all the umpires on and ask them the worst thing that's happened to them. That would actually be kind of interesting, because I bet they've seen some crazy stuff.
1: you, You umpired, didn't you?
3: I longer. did. I didn't but but I was like like it wasn't a full on thing like I did coach pitch. So like I was the only one on the field which kind of sucked but I didn't have to call balls and strikes. So I wasn't like suiting up. Yeah.
1: Hey, Ed, you ever go you, you ever do a stint umpiring?
3: No. When you were I've younger? never done
0: that. No. No.
1: Really?
3: Okay. You okay. really even asked me. What about you, Borky? That? He hates umpires. Well, I know it's that. That's
2: true. No umpiring, but uh some I'm
0: self-loathing, Rippy. <laughs>
2: I I did some youth soccer officiating. Really? I did, yeah. Pretty liberal
0: with the red cards, huh?
2: I know, right? Um, You're
0: you're a liberal red, Rippy. (laughs) Jeez.
2: (laughs) Um, I I came from one of those towns in the south. There's very few of them, but they're scattered around where youth soccer is massive. Um, And and so that's just i I you could make more money too doing youth soccer officiating than umpiring, so that's what I did.
3: I bet Borky was real patient with the parents. oh my gosh
2: i i actually I kind of was, but I wasn't afraid to turn around and say something which is why I didn't do it for very long <laughs> um, I mean there's one in particular where uh, like I'm a fifteen year old kid right like I have bias against little Timmy's team ball clearly goes across the out-of-bounds line. And in soccer, it has to go all the way across. But it clearly went, probably by a foot and a half or so. And then a kid kicked it. But it was out on his team before he kicked it, so I, I gave the ball to the other team. And a mom just yelled, You just want them to win, don't you? And I turned around and said something that I shouldn't have, and I was not asked back for the rest of the tournament.
3: Yeah, I dealt with some did of this. You, you know, I to show me a picture of the of a call, at like the base that his wife took, like on a camera. Really? <laughs> yeah, like like Scott Boris isn't here, buddy. Like, settle down. Your kid's fine.
1: <laughs> I umpired from the time I was about fifteen or sixteen. Until mm, maybe 22 or 23. I loved it. Um, You know, started out doing seven and eight year olds where it was actual, you know, kids pitching. And that can at times be bad because you either had a pitcher that struck out everybody or a pitcher who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And so he was walking the, the whole ballpark. Or And then went to 9 and 10, and it got a little bit better there. But the whole catcher not catching the ball, that was sometimes an occupational hazard. And then did a, a bunch of 13, 15-year-old stuff. Um, hey, Dad, you remember Gary Thigpen, defensive back that played for Ole Miss? Vaguely, yeah. 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 He and I umpired together at uh, Park Commission for a while. Um Umpired with uh, a guy that's now the uh, assistant superintendent of uh, the Oxford City School District, Bradley Robertson. Um, did the uh, did some of the U triple S A stuff up at Snowden Grove? That was, you know, there there was frustration sometimes because it's like seriously, I'm making like fifteen dollars, like twenty dollars if you're behind the plate and fifteen dollars if you're at the field, and so it's you know four hours on a Tuesday night and you make. Thirty-five or forty bucks, or yeah, whatever it was at the time. But those tournaments were awesome. It was in the middle of the summer, but you might work four or five games in a day. You could make pretty good money doing that.
3: Um, but you you had like serious games, like you had to call balls and strikes at times.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I got all the way to the point where I uh, umpired a handful of high school games. I don't think I was ever oh, wow. behind the plate for a high school game, but yeah, I mean, thirty, I did a. Fifteen-year-old U-Triple-S-A World Series stuff. So, See, like at, at like... one point, I toyed with the idea. You guys will laugh about this, but I toyed with the idea of going to the uh, the Wendelstedt Umpire School, which is you know, I mean, that's the the one that if you go and basically you're, you know, if you're good enough to get in there. They're placing you somewhere in you know semi pro or college or low minor league stuff. And I just kind of gave up on that.
3: Yeah, mine was more focused on My life on would like
1: be you. so different, Rippy, if I had gone that route and had eventually gotten to the point where I was a major league umpire and would have people like, hey, Dad, who hated me for different reasons. So he like, hates me you, now. You just thought I didn't like
0: you now. That's <laughs> if you were an umpire.
3: Yeah, and you could rob a guy of a perfect game and not want it uh, changed a couple years later. Yeah.
0: He does
1: want
3: it changed, though. No. no, you didn't.
1: Yeah,
2: you think it should stick because the integrity of the game or whatever. Yeah, Jim Leland and I kind of
1: on the same page on that. Yeah, he's an old fart. He's one of baseball's best managers ever. Doesn't make him not an old fart. Burning squares in the dugout too. <laughs> that was a different time in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, Jim Joyce said uh, earlier this week that he wishes that they would overturn the call.
0: Richard I'm would have sure just gotten has. the call right. And that's what we'll just give him some credit, right?
1: I, thanks. I, I'd like to think that I would have gotten that right.
2: The thing is, you get that right, even if he's safe, you call him out anyway. Just do
3: it. No one would ever question it.
1: Yeah, Even if it's bang, bang. Even if it's the runner beat him by a, you know, hundredth of a second. He's out, man. Congratulations. No hitter. Nobody's complaining. Not a no hitter, buddy. And if they do, it'll be very short, short (sighs) short-lived. Sports Talk Mississippi with you.